Amen. Well, this morning, I don't have a particular Father's Day message, but I have a message for fathers and mothers and just men in general and women in general. Um, we've been in the book of Colossians. We've been studying the book. It's the letter that Paul wrote to the church that was in Colossae. And uh, we've learned a lot of important things uh, as he's writing to this uh, church that had just been established. It had just been uh, brought together by Epaphras. That was one of the faithful workers of, of, of God that, that, that went to that area and started to bring people to Jesus. And then they started to meet together. And so this is where the church of Colossae uh, is, is found. Um, Paul then writes a letter uh, to that area, to the Christians there. So they were, they were young in their faith, okay? So this is important to us because if you want to learn some foundational things about how you should act or what you should know as a Christ follower, uh, this is a great Bible book, especially at the dangers that, uh, that can penetrate the church and take the focus off of Jesus and him being the complete Savior that we need. Amen? So, so last week, we talked about sharing is caring uh, from the vantage point of uh, we share in the glory of God, right? He's given us his glory, but we also share in the sufferings of Christ. And when, when you begin to understand that, uh, it, it, can, it can protect you from the partial gospel or a distorted gospel that says that you're not supposed to suffer or you're not supposed to go through a hard time. How many of you that are sitting here or anyone that's watching, uh, did you do a little bit of suffering this past week? You had some things that were pretty difficult. I'm going to say that I had a couple things in my life that I wish I would not have had. Uh, and, and, and those things come up. And what you, you come to find is that God never told you that you would not have trials or tribulation in this life. He told you that you would be able to overcome through Jesus Christ. And so, so we, we find that suffering is biblical and it's a God thing. And then uh, sharing the entire gospel, we also learned about that, is necessary for healthy growth as a, as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus. So uh, the, the, the gamut of, of, of the gospel goes through uh, difficulty and yet triumph. Amen? It goes through uh, walking in the gifts, celebrating the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and also uh, bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, working through the flesh, all the tendencies that we all have, and, and how do we overcome that? We overcome that through, through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in and through us. So you need to know the entire gospel. And then the other thing is that we, that we learned last week is that Christ in us will always eagerly and powerfully share the good news. There's too much bad news in our world. They don't need to hear any more bad news. They need to hear the good news that Jesus is in control. <clears throat> that no matter what's going on around us, that God is still on the throne. No matter what's happening in your area, in your family, in your friendships, whatever's happening in your schools, whatever's happening, wherever you are, God is still God. And he will get us through, right? And we should be sharing that message continuously. Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you shared the good news with someone this week? Just raise your hand and say, that was me. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. And that's, that's the greatest thing that you can do with, with people. 
So we're going to move into this next part as Paul is, is continuing, continuing to write. And we're going to find that we are complete in Christ. You're not lacking anything if you are a follower of Jesus. But we need to walk that out. We need to understand what that means. There will always be voices. There will always be philosophies. There will always be teachings. There will always be religions that are going to try to take you and and, and make you think you're missing something. You're lacking something. No, you're not lacking anything. You have everything in Jesus. When, When you have Christ, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, there's nothing that you need, nothing else. And, and we're going we're gonna to see that uh, from, from this, from this uh, passage. We're going to look at chapter 2. We're going to do a lot of reading, okay? <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you guys to open your Bibles. If, if you don't have your Bibles, then it's going to be on the outline. That's fine. But I want you to be people of the Word because a pastor doesn't change your life. The Word of God changes your life. Amen? You, you should not be waiting for Sunday to hear the words of Jesus. You should not be waiting, you know, for one day of the week to, to open up the word. Every day you can read the word of truth, right? And so here's, here's what Paul says to, uh, to the church in, in, uh, in Colossae in chapter 2, verse 1. I, I want you, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church in Laodicea. Now that was a church, Laodicea was a church that was in the area. And there's a lost letter that was written to the Laodicean church. Okay, Paul talks about that, that letter. Now it's, it's the same thing. They were dealing with, with, with the same pressures. Okay, but, but Paul, Paul says this. He says, I want you to know how much I've agonized. I've struggled. I, I've fought. I'm fighting for you guys. As your pastor, I want you to know something. There are times that I have, I, I, I agonize for, for, for you. I fight for you. I, I, I pray for you. Because there's an enemy that wants to destroy every one of us. Amen? Now, I don't know if you ever prayed for me, but I covet your prayers. I, I would ask for you to pray for me. Pray for me and Shauna for our marriage. Pray for our families because we, we need you. So he says, I, 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 I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and, and for many other believers who have never met me personally. So you, you, if you have your outline, you can, you can underline that because you can find that, that Paul had never met them. Okay, but he's writing to them and, and he wants to help them, right? I want them... He's talking about every believer. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. We've heard that over and over and over again in the letter that God wants his people to love one another. So what does that mean? That the devil's going to play havoc to divide us. The devil's going to do what he can to, to split Christians apart. I want them to have complete confidence. You can underline that in your outline. It would be wonderful. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. It's not complicated. We, we complicate it. The, 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 the mysterious plan that we need to know that will complete us is Christ himself. It's all found in Jesus. Verse 3, in him 
lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So where do we find all the, the hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge? Where do we find that? We find it in Jesus. Amen. Now, now the world will, will try to pull that apart. The, 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 the enemy will come in and try to pull that and take you to other places. Say, you don't have it all in Jesus. You're not complete in Jesus. There's something lacking in Jesus. Because here's what, 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 people, uh, what happens to people is they think they, that the church is where you find Jesus. Or, or the church is, is, is where Jesus is in, in, in a building sense or in a denominational sense. That's not where Jesus is. That's not where the, the, the wisdom of God is. It's found in Christ himself. And we find that in the word of truth. Amen? So, so I'm, I'm not saying you don't go to church. I'm saying that, that sometimes we get hurt because people are people. Amen? And we need to find that, that Jesus is the one that, we're, that we need. He's the one that, that, that helps us. Verse 4, I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. So let's just kind of, let's hone in on that. So he's telling the Colossians all these important things that every, all wisdom, all knowledge is found in Christ. We find the completeness in Christ because there's going to be things that are going to enter in that are going to try to deceive you and pull you away, right? For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is what? Is strong. So that's what God wants for you. That's what he wants for everybody, that, that your faith in Christ is strong. And when that happens, then you're going to love one another. You're going to feel your worth in Christ. Amen? You're not going to try to find your completeness in other places. Verse 6, And now, just as... You accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on who? On, who? on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you, were, you will overflow with thankfulness from the overflow and look what he says in verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. That was going on in Colossae. Do you think that's happening in the modern world? We're, we're going to talk about some philosophies. We're going to talk about some, some teachings that can even creep into the church that can pull you away from the completeness of Christ, that'll, that'll actually make you think that you have something to do with, with, with becoming what, what you can be in, in God, that you have this, this God-centeredness in you when, when it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus in us that's the power. Verse 9, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. There's no demon in hell that's bigger than Jesus. The devil himself is not bigger than Jesus. There's no addiction that's bigger than Jesus. There's, there, there's no broken relationship that cannot restore through Jesus. 
When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Now he's going to talk about the law right there. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision by cutting away your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. That's how important baptism is. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Whew! I don't know about you, but I'm like, there's things going on inside of me. I'm excited because there's some great things that happen to you when you put your faith in Jesus. For verse 13, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave some of your sins. All of your sins. I want you to be Bereans. I want you to look at what it says. God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He's telling them, this is what happened to you when you became a believer. This is what God has done in you when you believe. Verse 16, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbath. Why is Paul saying that? He's saying don't get caught up and going backwards. Go forward with the freedom you have in Christ. Special days don't do anything for you. Jesus did. You, you not eating certain foods doesn't do anything for you. Jesus fulfilled all that. Are you with me? But so many people, get, they get caught up in, in trying to be holy by observing certain days, by observing certain uh, 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 food, uh, eating rites, and all these things that are a shadow of what Christ was going to fulfill in the future. Are you with me? Don't let anyone, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying that they had visions about these things. And, and you're always going to have that. You're always going to have people that say, I had a vision, I had this and that, and that's a subjective faith. And here's what I have always come to, to conclude, is that if their subjective faith doesn't match up with the word of God, then it, it means nothing to me. There are some, there are some pretty, um, pretty evil Christian leaders that have led people astray because they said they heard from God. People like David Koresh said they heard from God. Are you with me? When someone says to me, God, God said this to me, that, that doesn't impress me. But when it lines up with the word of truth, then it does. And when there's love that's coming out of that, in other words, be, be discerning about the voices that are speaking into your life. And that includes me. That's why I tell you, you need to be people of the word. Amen? So he, he goes on and he says, uh, their, their, sin, their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not connected to Christ who is the head of the body for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments 
and it grows as God nourishes it. It's God who's nourishing. Now, who's the body? The church. God's people. And so he's nourishing you. He's nourishing every single one of us. Verse 20, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of this world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate. As we use them, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion and pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. The only one that does that is Jesus Christ. We're complete in Christ. So I want you to, to, to list these three takeaways. The first one is this. We're complete in Christ because we have complete confidence. Paul understood that a confident Christian is a powerful Christian. When you lack confidence in your faith, you will default to other means. When you lack confidence in the reliability of Jesus in your life, you'll go back to who you were. Hear me now. Some of you have gone back, or some of you are tempted to go back to who you were, back to who you were before Jesus, because you lack the confidence that Jesus is going to come through in the most toughest, difficult situations. The prophet Jeremiah put it like this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. And in this Old Testament passage, it talks about the deceitfulness of the human heart. If you read Jeremiah 17, it's talking to to us about do not trust your heart. Trust the word of God because your heart can lead you astray. So the worst advice you can tell someone is follow your heart. Because if, if your heart is aligned to the wrong things, your heart will take you places that you shouldn't go. Amen? What should we tell people? Follow the Lord. Follow the Word of God. You know, the Word of God doesn't change. It it, it remains the same. So so, so Paul is, is telling the Colossians, you can trust Jesus and you can trust God's plan for your life that is found in Jesus. I'm talking to someone today. You can trust God's plan that's for your life. Some of you run away from that plan. Some of you are trying to do things on your own and you're hitting a brick wall all the time because you're fighting against God's purposes for your life and that's a horrible place to be. The Bible says that that, that, um, there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end it leads to destruction. Amen? But the plan of God will always lead us to life. It'll always lead us in the ways that will bless his name. In verse two and three, I want to read it again. I want them, I want people to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. That, that, that should be the, the, the story of every, of every church body, that there should be a lot of love. So as new people come in, they should, they should see the love of God evident, amen? But then he said, I want them to have complete confidence 
that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All these hidden things are found in Jesus. And there will always be outside sources saying Christ is good, but he's not enough. It was true in the days of the Colossian church. And that's something that we will face as modern day believers. The, the, the greatest temptation for us is to read the, the latest and greatest book and, and to listen to the latest and greatest podcast. And some of those books and some of those podcasts will say, you know what, you can do it in your own ability because you're special. <laughs> right? You're good. You're so good that you can do it. Think with me, beloved. Think with me. But what happens when you start going that route, that road, then you put Jesus secondary. You start believing that the gift that you have is your gift, that you did it, instead of, thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to be who I am. Thank you, Lord, for fearfully and wonderfully making me who I am. Thank you, Lord, that because of you, I am a difference maker. Because of you as a, as a dad, I, 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 can, I can point my, my children in the, in the direction that will bring glory to your name. But I can't do it without you, Lord. I, my, my grandkids have so many pressures. My, my daughters, my sons have so many pressures, and the pressure is to pull them away from the goodness of God, for them to try to do things in their own ability. He, here's what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, to the Philippians. He says, I'm confident. I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you. What kind of a work does God start in us? A good work. He who began a good work in you is going to bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you notice that Paul's confidence was not in the Philippians, but it was in God? Can I tell you a little secret? Because I got two of, my, two of my kids here. Thank you, Jay, for being with us, son. I love that boy right there. That, that small little young man right there, I love him. <laughs> so Cassie's my oldest, and, and, and Jay's my second oldest. And, uh, and Jacob's not here. He's in Arkansas. So Jacob, if you're watching, we love you. I wish you were here too. But here's the thing that I know for sure is that I'm confident that God who began a good work in them is going to complete it. I'm confident that God's not done. I'm confident that where they lack, that Jesus will fill in that gap. That he's working in and through them. And some of you, uh, some of you young adults, some of you adult children are, are sitting here today. Some of you are watching. You need to know that God's not done with you yet. You, you need to thank God that you have praying parents. You need to thank the Lord that you have praying uh, grandparents, that they're, they're going to stand with you. You see, when our confidence is in God, he won't disappoint us. People will. Ha have you ever been confident in, in one of your plans and that plan failed? God's plan never fails. And, and here's God's plan. It's not to make you rich. You, you may become rich. That's not his plan, right? 
It's not for you to become the executive or the CEO. That's not really what God's plan is. God's plan is, is whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, that you have him as a centerpiece of your life. No, no matter what you're facing, that you face it with a, with, a, with a strong power of the Holy Spirit and that he gets you through. Now, now he may take you and, and, and you may become a CEO, you may become an executive, you may become a, a, a world leader, you may become a senator, you may become a governor, you may become all those things, you may become a school teacher, you may become whatever God wants you to become. But the main thing is as you're becoming that, he wants his name to be glorified in you and through you. That's what God does. Now, the, the second takeaway about God completing us is completely united. This is where you know that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ that is found in Jesus, the love of God that is found in Jesus. The Colossians were being tempted by outside sources saying Christ is good, but he is not enough. So Paul writes to them and he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. There's always philosophies that, are going to come, that we're going to come across. And, and he said, and there's high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. In other words, so not only are humans being, uh, being used to, to deceive you, but, but the enemy and, and the demonic uh, realm is also working through them to pull you away from the things of God. That's important for us to grab a hold of. And he says, um, nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Now, there, there's two key phrases to watch out for. Okay, the first one is empty philosophies. Let's break that down. Those are man's philosophies that try to make sense. Of, the, of their existence and their surroundings through human logic. But they are empty. Those, 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 the, the, that attempt to try to make sense of your world without Christ is empty because without Christ, you don't know the one that made everything. Are you with me? And, and you, don't, you don't know the one that holds everything together. And, and there are many that, that those, there are many philosophies that, that will try to pull you into that, that thinking that, that, you know, you can figure out what's going on in this world. And, and the, the two that I, I really want to talk about a little bit, because we're going to go into that more and more throughout the series, is, is the, the New Age movement and the New Thought. And those are very prevalent in modern times. Okay, so, so the New Age movement is, is a philosophy, a teaching that you can be your own God, that you can be God. Now, now that is, is very prominent in our society. And if you think about it, it's who we are before we come to Jesus because we think that we're in control, right? You think you're in control of your life. You think you can do everything. But, but the philosophy that the enemy will bring and, and, and human thinking will bring is that you're in control of your world. The, the, the devil brought that to, to Eve when he tempted her with the forbidden fruit. He says, don't you know that when you eat this fruit, you're going to be like, like God. 
And it's no, it's no different in modern times. The, the enemy will continually make you believe, lead you to believe that you are in control of your life or that it's you that, that uh, you know, you're this little God and it's, it's your little world. That's why Jesus, when he taught us to pray, I believe it with all my heart, when he said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done. In other words, I don't want to build my kingdom. It's, it's, it's your kingdom that I want to walk and live in. So that makes sense. So the, the New Age movement will always be you can be your own God. The new thought philosophy is this. It's a, it's a belief that you have the power to speak things into existence. Now, that can penetrate the church. That by your words and your mouth, you can declare things and they will happen. Now think with me. If you can speak things into existence, then you don't need God anymore. Right? Only God can make that happen. Amen? And so as we, as we see the word, uh, as we, we allow the word to penetrate our hearts, our minds, and our, and our thoughts... We, we begin to understand that we're not God, he is, and by his mercy and by his grace, we can, we can pray for people. You know, we pray for people all the time here at Living Word Chapel, but it's not, our, it's not us that saves us, it's Jesus. It's not us who, who heals people, it's Jesus. Are you with me? I just talked to someone before the service started. We prayed for him because he was going through some cancer, and, and uh, he was going through some testing, and he came back and he said, all my tests were negative, they were they were." positive at first, now they're negative. Well, that's not us, that's Jesus. Amen? So we, we don't declare that to happen. We say, Lord, by your mercy, by your grace, will you please touch this person? So, so we'll talk more about the new thought. What does that mean? High-sounding nonsense. Have you ever noticed that, that people can use some real big words and not really say anything meaningful? It happens, it happens all the time. People can write books and give lectures that sound incredible, but at the end of the day, they have no power to transform your life, and you are still left feeling empty and void. Paul writes in verse 10, you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And it tells us that we are one with Christ so he fills me in all the places that are void and empty. I don't get my significance from my looks, even though, you know. <laughs> I, I don't get my significance from my smarts. I don't get my significance from my charisma. But I get my acceptance in the beloved. I'm accepted before anyone says, you look good. I'm accepted, accepted before anyone says, man, you're so smart. I'm accepted before anyone says, man, you've got this wonderful charisma. Here, here's what Paul said to the church in Ephesus. He said in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, God the Father predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 
You are accepted, beloved, in the beloved, which makes you complete in Christ. He, he chose James Reese before I ever chose him. And this is vital for people that are trying to find their acceptance through outside sources. This is vital for, for those of you that think that you're, you're, you're lower than someone or higher than someone, that, that you, you gauge yourself by how much you weigh or how much you don't weigh, by what color your skin is, by what house you live in or what car you drive or what church you go to. This has nothing to do with God's acceptance of you. You're in the club. You're in the family with God the Father because of Jesus Christ the Son. Amen? And so, so what Paul is trying to teach the, the church in Colossae is the same thing he's trying to teach us today. Do not let other voices come into your space that will take you away from your significance that you find in Jesus Christ. You're as significant today as you were the first day you said, Jesus, I need you in my life. And you keep walking in that, and it changes everything in your life. Now, here, here's, here's the last thing, and this is good. This is, this is worth the price of admission. <clears throat> Not only are we, 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 we have this complete wisdom and, and understanding, and, and we have, uh, um, you know, what, what we've been learning right here, the, the complete, uh, completely united, but we're completely free. We're completely free. In, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said this, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free from what? Free from man-made religion, for starters. This is, this is where we know that, uh, that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that all the things that man and women have tried to make themselves uh, uh, right with God has already been done through Jesus. And not only that, that we don't have to try in our own effort to get right with God anymore. This, this helps you with your New Year resolution. It helps you with, with trying to, in your own power, to do what Jesus has already done for you. Are you with me? And it, it, this enters into our life continuously. If you do more, if you pray more, if you do this, if you do that, then God is going to love you more. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. God loved you through the cross of Jesus Christ. And in that, he, he begins to take all the bondage from our lives. Look, look at what he says. Don't let anyone condemn you. So, so let's just pause real quick just with that phrase. When Paul says to the Colossians, don't let anyone condemn you, it means that there was people condemning them. The religious zealots that said, you have to do this, you have to do that. Remember that for, for, for those that were Judaizers, they said, Jesus is good and you need Jesus in your life, but you have to be circumcised, physically circumcised. And, and Paul would right away say, it's Jesus plus nothing. Amen? Now, this is important for you, uh, uh, first service. It's important for you that are watching online that when you have Jesus, you've received the full package. You don't need any more, but, but somehow in religion, we try to add to what Jesus has already done. 
Thank you, Lord, for going to the cross, but now I'm going to, to fast for three days. I'm not against fasting. The Bible's not against fasting, but that doesn't make you more right with God. Let's keep on reading. He said, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or what you drink or for not celebrating certain holy days. Okay, let's just break that down. You ever, you ever felt condemned for, for what you eat? I was raised in a faith system that during, uh, during uh, the 40 days before Easter that you could not eat, they said you could not eat meat on Fridays. And I, I thought that was right because that's what I was taught. In other words, when, when you eat a certain way, you're going to become closer to God. Can I tell you the way you get closer to God is through Jesus? Now, that's just one of the faith systems. There's a lot of different other ones that, that can try to latch things on and, and, and it goes by what you eat or what you drink. Or not celebrating certain holy days. So remember in the, in the, in the Old Testament, there were certain days that God called holy. They, he called them very special, the festivals. But those were all a picture. Those were all a type of Jesus to come. So, so for you as a New Testament believer, for you to go back to those holy days thinking you're going to find more of a, of a uh, right standing with God... You're going backwards instead of forward. Are you with me? If Jesus fulfilled everything, you don't need to go back. You go forward. New moon, ceremonies, or Sabbaths, right? For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. I'm going to end with this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, he says, Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels. Let's break that one down real quick, okay? So pious self-denial points to who? When you, when you deny yourself, it points to who? Instead of pointing to Jesus. The, the, the worship of angels, the worship of the, the writer of Hebrews talks about this extensively. How, how Jesus was made lower than the angels when he became a human, but how he created everything that there is. Okay, and so angels are not who we, who we worship. We worship Jesus Christ. And so he, he, he goes, and, and these were all temptations that they were facing. He's saying, uh, People say that they have had visions about these things and their sinful minds have made them proud. So when it, when it says that to the, to the Colossians, it speaks to me that, that I could be tempted in this way too. Amen? That all of us have to be careful that, that we don't be led by, by these kinds of temptations. And they're, they're not connected to Christ who is the head of the body. It's Christ, for he holds the whole body together with his joints and his ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. He, he tells us, don't, don't get bound to religion. Our goal is to continually strive for a relationship with Jesus Christ. The, the dangers that we're talking about today are no different to us than they were to the first Christians. Religion will always try to add to the already complete work of Jesus. 
If you have Jesus, you have it all. But you guard that. You nurture that. You build on that. And you let the, the, the word of, of, of truth to center you, to root you. As this world gets darker, and it seems to be getting darker, Christ in us becomes brighter. Christ in us is the only hope. And Christ in us will get us through. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for every person who's watching online. Lord God, I, I pray your immense blessing on them. I pray, Lord, that, that as we've learned about being complete in Christ, that we can walk in it, Lord God, not just, not just hear it, but actually live it, to appropriate this, this, this good news. And Lord, that, that we can make a, a, a difference for your glory because you make a difference in us so that you can make a difference through us, Lord. So we just thank you. We praise you on this Father's Day, Lord God. Bless all the dads. And uh, we'll be very careful to give you all the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.